This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for December 30th, 2012. The Gospel is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 9, verses 38 through 50. The message is by Mother Nancy James. Come Holy Spirit, be with me. Let the words I speak be yours. Bless these people and let them hear what you would have them hear. Amen. Our gospel this morning is from the gospel of John. And John is the fourth gospel. It's considered a little different than the other three. Matthew, Mark, and Luke kind of have some stories that they share together. And so they're called synoptics and treated a little bit differently. So John has themes of his own that uh, don't appear in the other, but it is still God's good news, the good news of Christ that we hear. And our pericope, and pericope means that little appointed portion of Scripture that we're supposed to be studying, our pericope for today is the beginning. And if you were here Christmas Eve, you probably sounds familiar. You've heard it recently Mm -hmm. and it's it's lovely and scholars consider it to be a introductory hymn or sort of like a overture before a great piece of of music you have a little sort of summary piece it's the overture to the book of john it tells us god has a plan he had a plan and it's coming and it's here And this is what it is, and it's Jesus. And it starts in the beginning. Just like the book of Genesis starts, in the beginning. Now, it's not like saying at the beginning of March, you have to, you know, do this, or the beginning of the Obama administration. It's not meant just to mark a point in time. This in the beginning is more than that. It's in the beginning, before there was time, before there was matter, before there was anything to be, there was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is a definition of an intimacy with God. Jesus and God together inseparable, not standing beside, not in proximity to, not next to, but so integrated and intimately together, it's one. And that's what God wants for us. God wants for us that intimacy. He wants to be everything with us. Now, Ron has spent all of Advent talking about the Advent candles, which defines God's process or the process of spiritual maturity, how we grow in intimacy with God and one another. And John starts it off. John the Baptist says, there is one coming. He has hope. He has received knowledge and he has hope. Hope of God's plan breaking in among us. 
hope is where we start. And then we are driven by that hope to want to do something. We want to further the kingdom. We want to get with the program. We want to join the plan. We want to make it happen. We want to do something, and we prepare. And when we do that, when we have taken the right action, you know, when you are where you're supposed to be, when God wants you to be there and you do what he wants you to do, you have this joy. You have a joy that passes all understanding. You feel that intimacy. You know he is there with you. And it's wonderful. It's better than endorphins. It's better than pheromones. It's better than chocolate. It's better than anything. Right? And you want more. And from that experience, you begin to trust. And you build faith. And that drives you to do more. And you see hope in more places. And that makes you do more actions. And you get more joy. And you have more trust in God and faith. And it builds and it builds. But it's not a circle. It's a spiral. It's a spiral that builds continually. In intimacy. Not just with God but with one another. Our gospel says we are called to be children of God. That's his plan. That means we're all related to each other through God. Now, the gospel also says that Jesus came into the world and his own knew him not. They rejected him. That's isolation. Intimacy, isolation. And Jesus felt that, and he suffered that. We say, but that's not me. No. Really? Now, how, how about some of these questions? See if any of these fit. You ever eaten a piece of cake, taken a cookie? Uh, How about a drink or a cigarette or something you shouldn't? Hearing that voice that told you, no, you shouldn't do that. That's not good for you. But you do it. That would be ice cream. Okay. (laughs) Okay. How about, do you call people back when they call you, or do you put it off as long as you can? Okay. Have you ever said to yourself, I'm not going to do that today because I don't feel like it. I'll do it tomorrow. Have we come so familiar with our own sins that we find a way that they're okay And we really don't need to make any changes, right? It's okay the way I am. Basically, I'm a good person. Can you think of the time when you felt excluded or on the outside, left out? I can tell you a story from when I was little. 
many of you know I'm left-handed, which means I'm in my right mind, okay? I'm left-handed, right? Can you get an amen out there? Okay. When I was in fifth grade, I had a teacher, and her name was Mrs. Black. Now, I don't remember many of the names of my teachers, but Mrs. Black is one I will not forget. She told me I was stupid. She told me I was dumb. She told me I was retarded. And she wouldn't let me use my left hand at all. She made me use my right hand and then flunked me because my penmanship was bad. Because in fifth grade, you should learn how to write. You should know. And we had penmanship grades back then. And I would go home and I'd tell my mom Mrs. Black was picking on me and she wouldn't believe me. So I, I was miserable at school and I was miserable at home. And at the end of the year, you know, you have the end of the year party and all the moms come in to the class and they bring, you know, cupcakes and Hawaiian punch, that horrible red stuff, you know, stains everything. And one of the moms said to my mom at this party, she says, you know, it's really awful the way Mrs. Black picked on your daughter all year. You must be really glad the year's over. And my mom turned to me and said, why didn't you tell me? Okay. Now, it's just a small story, but it illustrates two things. Okay. One is what it feels like to be picked on for something that's innate you that's beyond my control I have no control over to be isolated judged condemned and the other is the power of one person's voice now obviously all the moms knew what was going on and they were all talking about it but nobody wanted to say anything to her because they didn't want to be a busybody or you know it's not my problem But what a difference it made when she spoke up. You know, and she didn't do it confrontationally. She didn't make my mom feel horrible. You know, it was just kind of a conversational kind of thing. But one person spoke up. And how I wish she had spoken up earlier. You know, what a difference that would have made. We have a lot of people who feel isolated and alone and condemned. How do you treat someone who's not mainstream? Do you talk to them? Do you try to understand, initiate conversations, ask them questions? Do you try to exchange perspectives, offer a helping hand? Do you draw closer to them? Can you see God in them? Do you want to see God in them? Or do you pull away? We are called to an intimacy with God. God wants to be involved in everything. He wants to be in our thoughts, our yearnings, our desires, where our mind wanders to, what we think, decisions we make. Not just the momentous ones. He does know who you should marry, and he also knows where you should park at the mall. I want to tell you another story. 
This is about a man who has a severe addiction to pornography. And he goes to church. And he gives his heart and his mind to Christ. And he goes to the intercessors and asks them to help, to pray for his deliverance from his addiction. And they pray with him. And he comes back week after week after week, always asking for a deliverance from his addiction. And finally, after a couple of months, he goes to the pastor and he asks the pastor for help. And the pastor says to him, well, have you thought about driving a different way to work so you don't have to drive past those places? What about giving away your computer so you don't have internet access? Or you could move in with somebody who will hold you accountable for your actions. And the man was very sad and never seen again. Wouldn't it be nice if God would just help us with this violence that we have? in our country. Wouldn't it be nice if he would just make it all go away? Like magic. God's not magic. We are the body of Christ. We are intimately connected with him. For him to work, we must move. What are you willing to do? Are you willing to not go to that blockbuster movie everybody's seen because it's violent, sexually exploitative, taste? Ex, yeah, you know what I mean. You know, sex violence, bad language, bad images, immoral behavior. We support it in our industry. Oh, we consider it fun, really? I'll tell you, I got topped off this week. I saw a commercial for a candy bar. Okay, it was a commercial for a candy bar, and a woman was being tortured and beaten. And then they finally decided, because they couldn't make her talk, that they would just leave her to starve to death hanging in these shackles. Well, she wasn't talking because she had a candy bar hidden in her mouth. And when they left, you know, she pulls it out and starts eating it, and she's happy. Seriously? Seriously? Torturing women... And starving people to death is now humorous and can sell candy bars. Who buys candy bars? Yes, we buy candy bars. But who eats most of the candy bars? Kids. Is nobody outraged about this? <laughs> I'm furious. Are you willing to boycott products and say, no, you need to change the way you advertise? Are we willing to tell our kids... To talk to that person who's not on the in crowd at school, invite them to sit with them at lunch. How about offer to share homework or do walk home from school together? There are lots of things we can do that are small. We don't have to put all our trust in the government and in educational system. We don't need their permission to bring God into school. He goes where I go. I walk in the building, he comes with me. We don't need their permission to share God's love with one another. 
So John shows us how wonderful intimacy is. He tells us God has a plan. He gives us hope. He laid it out there. He offered us his son, the true light. And our greatest sin is isolation, rejecting him, not accepting that, not moving, not acting on that. What kind of I are you? Intimacy, isolation. God wants us to do something. You are just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrew's is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to come and see.